0: What is the latest news on what Arizona's president had to say in an article with Dennis Dodd? Also, let's look at the Big 12 football coaches heading into 2023-2024 for the very first time on this program. A fun football Friday coming your way on Locked on Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 31st of March, 2023. We are brought to you all by the good folks at the FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one Sportsbook. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. We're above 3,700 subscribers. I will set a goal once April rolls around and I can see where we are, but please subscribe to the channel. Um, like the videos, leave your comments as well. Find us on Twitter at big 12 It's down there below. And you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. So good show yesterday with John Kurtz. Really uh, very much enjoyed that. Um, And I also, I hope you guys across the Midwest are staying safe. I know there's a whole lot of weather happening a lot of places as the weather begins to turn in this kind of spring season. I know for us living in the Midwest slash South part of the country, weather can get wacky and wild. Uh, A lot of storms, tornadoes, all that kind of thing. So make sure you guys are staying safe, looking out for each other, all those kind of good things. Um, I know in Arkansas, we're about to get some pretty serious weather, apparently. We saw what happened in Mississippi recently. So uh, stay vigilant is what I'll say about that. so, yesterday's show at John Kurtz, a whole lot of fun. Talked about a lot of, a, a lot of topics. And I, I think as we're done now with the NCAA tournament, this is kind of our first football Friday as we head into the spring. You know, spring practices are happening now as spring breaks are winding up for colleges. And we've got some stuff with realignment. We'll be tracking that very closely, but we're going to turn our attention to football. Football slash realignment really is going to be our kind of big conversation pieces and some baseball, some softball, as now we head into the spring, the end of the school calendar for these universities. Uh, And so let's revisit what we had yesterday. Then we're going to get to some football stuff, but let's revisit the article Dennis Dodd wrote. Nothing to suggest new Pac-12 media rights deal is near with 15 months left on current contract um basically saying they've been caught off guard and now they're stuck in limbo but i think the big part of this piece is some comments by the Arizona president robert robbins who wanted to clarify a couple things that he said from a couple weeks ago but also kind of paint a very you know and and i think um he didn't paint a very obvious picture but i think if you read between the lines it's pretty obvious what the situation is and i think it's worth going through some of these comments that he said so he said, I have heard nothing to suggest a deal is imminent. Robbins told CBS sports this week, there's all these things about, well, we want to wait until after the final four. That has nothing to do with it. It has nothing. To, it has to do with assessing who is the right fit and who assesses us. I hope commissioner Klyavkov get something done sooner rather than later so that the whole thing stops. We don't have to focus on it, but I am perfectly willing to sit here and wait and I think I need to revisit some of the stuff that I have said. And I think, uh, you know, other folks as well. You know, I did a couple things talking about how much time does a Pac-12 left. And really, you know, how much time they have left is honestly 15 months, right? They, They do have as long as it takes to get to the end of their television deal. And they're signed all the way through next seasons. And I say seasons for the different athletic seasons coming up. So they are, you know, there. There is no actual hard deadline, but I will say this: I, well, there is a hard deadline, but there's no like deadline right now. The like, Final Four is not a deadline, but I think the reason why we all kind of discussed the Final Four as this date, and actually the Pac-12 conference's date is number one. The Pac-12 conference was discussed. Uh, the conference tournament was discussed as a date because it makes sense. That's where everybody is gathering, and they ended up not gathering. It is Zoom meeting, whatever it was. And so that's why. Then the final four is it's really the major end of the college sports calendar because by the time, guys, that we get to the College World Series, when I, like kids are actually two months away from going back to school. You know what I mean? So the College World Series for both men's and women's happens pretty uh, – very well after the, the the school year ends, you know, a month, I think, for the women's college world series. And then I guess for the men's college world series, that's in June. So it's a month after. It's, it's basically a month and some change after the school year is over. And so, you know, we're kind of moved on. Now it's a major part of the sports calendar, uh, the college sports calendar, I should say. I, I totally agree with that. But you think about, like, all right, what is, you know, what does it actually represent? Like, you're starting to turn the page at that point. And so this being the last major sports calendar event, you know, of the actual school year. That's why it makes sense. But once again, in all reality, it's just because, Hey, it's kind of the big event, the, the conference tournament and then the final four is the big event on the calendar. And so you are in a bit of limbo, but it's really just public limbo. Um, But it does represent the fact that, Hey, like, you know, we're going to be, we're talking about spring football. So we're gearing up for, the final season now of their television contract and they don't have a new one, uh, you know, t- past this season, we're gearing up for that last year on there and they do not have a new direction. So maybe I think some of us were saying uh, time's running out, but kind of the time thing is more of a construct of the actual pressure. Now I under, you know, I think the presidents are, have been very, very patient with George Kliafkoff. But I think, you know, if we start hitting mid-April and we start hitting May and there's really not a whole lot of movement, then we get to the impatience part of it. You know, I, I don't know how likely it is, like we're sitting there next September we're like, okay, finally a deal gets done that makes a lot of sense. I think the pressure's on at that point because you're like, oh my God, a year from now, we're not even sure where our games are gonna be on television. We're not even sure who we're gonna be playing, which conference we're gonna be in. And so that's why I think that there is kind of the, the summer makes a lot of sense. I think. That once again, while 15 months is the actual deadline, I mean, if you're a football coach, hell, guys, it's hard to recruit, and even now, it's going to be hard to recruit. If you're Arizona, if you're like, are we going to be playing five times or three, you know, three times in Texas, or are we playing three times in, you know, on the West Coast? Are we playing Cal? Uh, are we playing Stanford? Are we playing, uh, you know, Oregon, or are we playing? Um, you know, Texas tech. And are we playing Oklahoma state? And are we playing TCU? And are we going to UCF? Those are two very different things. And also the folks in the department's working very different things as well. So obviously it's sooner rather than later, but Robert Robbins here is saying, I am willing to wait. Although he's, he's kind of pushing back on the idea. A deal is imminent on that front. And so it's kind of a meeting in the middle, like we're in no rush, but there is also no deal. Um, And then let's see, down the line, he says the streaming thing, this is very interesting, the whole streaming thing, it's overplayed. I think the deal is going to be heavy traditional analog cable. I think there is going to be some streaming in it, but I don't think anybody would want to go majority streaming. So what's he saying there is that that's basically a message, and I think George Kliafkoff has definitely received this message that they want to be majority cable. The schools want to be majority cable. You know the organs, the Washington's of the world do, and as do Arizona and Arizona State, because guess what? They, and I know Jed Fish is in year number three at Arizona, but you know they're trying to build that brand, build that program back. Arizona State just got Kenny Dillingham, and they're trying to move on from the Herm Edwards experience. For a Utah, and I'm just using the four corner schools here, you are trying to build, uh, continue to build your brand. You've had so much success in the Pac-12, but guess what? when the rubber met the road in the Rose Bowls, you had some, you had some issues. And so keep capitalizing off this good momentum right now. You want to make sure your games are being televised in important spots to keep things going. I would say the same thing goes obviously for Oregon and Washington too, but then the, the other one, sorry, miss Colorado. I mean, do I even have to explain why those games need to be on cable? Um, you know, I don't think de- I mean, Dion wants to be on Amazon prime. Here's the thing. Like, if he's on cable, if, if Colorado's decent and they're on cable, I will watch I, I will watch them. Right. I think a lot of common, you know, general college football fans will watch them, right? And I, I don't mean watch them as like, oh, Tex Tex playing Oklahoma State. I'm gonna pick the Colorado game over it. No, like I might second screen that game if they're playing somebody that's good and worthwhile watching and that Colorado thing's going in the right direction. But and we've talked about this a whole lot before. If I'm sitting there flipping through channels, and I know Colorado's playing Stanford or, you know, even playing Oregon on Amazon prime. Like if there are other decent games on, I'm not going to go out of my way to put that one on one of my screens, especially if I can't flip to it. I can't hit my last button and go to Amazon prime. You know, you have to load into, excuse me, load into Amazon prime. It's not quick. If you have a smart TV, bouncing between apps is not easy i don't even like bouncing between apps i like traditional cable especially during days like that so i can actually like bounce between a couple games you know go see a few plays another game during a commercial but if you have a smart tv bouncing between apps uh -uh, i ain't gonna do it so that's why i think um i think you know you want to have majority at least majority of your games being on cable that is a huge huge portion of what you want and dennis out of the piece with some former coaches in the pac-12 they noted hey being on TV is important, that visibility is very, very important for our recruiting profile. I think those things have been echoed a bunch, but I think George Kliavkov understands that. And one last note on this, and I noted this before as well. Um, George Kliavkov had told us on Pac-12 Radio, Pac-12 today, when I when I was with Sirius XM and I was uh, doing some work for them, filling in for somebody. He had told us that he saw this deal as majority cable. And he thought the next television deal, that's when he'd really dip into streaming. But this this is the reality they've now been placed in. This is what is new now. And so they're being kind of forced in this direction. I don't think a majority deal is there. Um, And let's see, there was one more quote I wanted to hit. He said, I don't feel the angst of everyone else in the world. Maybe it's because I'm too dumb to realize, Robin said. We've got a deal for another 15 months We're really the only ones out there. It's not like we're competing with anybody else. Nobody out there is wanting to do that deal. We'll wait and see what happens. And then one more comment, he tried to clarify about something that he had said last week when he said the league was 95% united, or at least two weeks ago now, 95% united. And uh, he also said that at the same time, Arizona has the ability to drive to Lubbock where a Big 12 team is located. He said, quote, it was simply because I was emboldened uh, we have, I wasn't, it was, he said, sorry, he says, it wasn't because I was emboldened because we have options. That's the reason why there is no deal, no agreement where if everything blows up, you know, we've got somewhere, place to go. So he says, if there's no deal, we have somewhere to go in the end was really the point he was making. And that's true. And it's not, he's not saying it in a condescending way, guys. I know some people feel like even the pack 12 teams that could go to the big 12, um, they've looked down on the big 12 just a little bit. Uh, but I don't think he's doing that there. He's right. He's acknowledging, uh, you know, they, they do have a place to go. The Big 12 would take them. That is true. The Big 12 is a second option right now for them. But it's not because they're getting second option money. It's because they want to stay together. And also, guys, it's something else you have to know. The reason why Pac-12 isn't competing with somebody right now, to give Big 12 even more kudos, is because they undercut the Pac-12, right? So he's right. They're not competing with anybody right now. But also, a lot of people in the space are satiated. They are satisfied. They are, they are okay, right? CBS seems okay with what they have. NBC seems okay with what they have. Fox seems okay with what they have. ESPN's got some desire for West Coast content, for sure, it looks like. Um, and Amazon is, is in the market as well, too. But most of the folks we've discussed here they're good to go. They've got their games. They've got their teams. They've got their matchups. They're going to have the and not not just that, but they're going to have the programming that they want. That's why the the Pac-12 hasn't really found a deal is because look, you've got something we want, but but nobody's feeling pressed to come and get this right now. The Amazon does not need college football. Um, you know, ESPN they need some later games, but if worse comes to worse, they could push back some Pac – You know, some some Big 12 games. And you know, uh, also, worst comes to worst, and they could they could pay you know they could pay the Big Twelve more if they wanted to, to take on some more teams and not have to pay for the whole conference. The whole like ESPN is going to get what they want in this. I, I firmly believe that. That's why there's no pressure to get the Pac-12 inked to a contract. There, there's they're not feeling that it's not there right now, and so that's because the Big Twelve undercut them. There's no competitor, so I think you have to realize with all of this that the president is once again saying a lot of what we thought. They want to stay together as they should. But it's got to be for the right price and also the right future. I, I do think this is that whatever deal they sign, you know, I think you got to be thinking about the next one, too. You always have to be thinking ahead. The next deal for the Pac-12 is going to be hard to get done, especially hard to get done, including Oregon and Washington. who are going to be taking a haircut compared to the, West, the rest of the Power 5 leagues. Um, well, I guess the, not the ACC, but the SEC, like Oregon and Washington, as I've said before, are an SEC – uh, caliber program. They are a Big Ten caliber program. They are. They have the fan interest. They have the money. They have, you know, odd notoriety. They have all of those things. Uh, they will not have the finances though. They will not have the, at least the finances from a television deal if this does not go through. So that's why I'm always thinking about the next deal. The, I mean, the, the Pac-12 could get a deal done, but the big question to me is like, you know, I, I think it's going to, they're going to get a deal done. I've kind of backed that direction now a little bit. I'm talking to John yesterday, but what about the, like, the next deal after that? Like, I think that's where a lot of our, a lot of the, I guess the thought goes like, sure, you can get a deal done now, but what, what's your future like? And so if, if you're just taking the short-term deal now, why? Cause you're gonna have to move eventually. Why wouldn't you just move before? Unless there's like some massive financial gap, we're getting more now and, you know, more later. I just don't think that's happening. And also, like, if if Oregon and Washington leave you at the altar later on down the line, you have lost some leverage, right? Are you just going to stay out there and make less money, or you know, the Big Twelve is your life raft? But at that point, you've kind of lost your le- your leverage. Right now, Arizona is very much sought after. ASU is sought after. Utah, Colorado, they're all sought after. But if Oregon and Washington leave are you just going to stay by yourself? No. So you've lost your leverage because either your options go to the big 12 or stay by yourself. And one's going to be a massive haircut. And then you might use a short trim after that. If the big 12 says, well, we don't have to pay you a full cut now. Why would we pay you a full cut? You either take like $15 million per school now in the non Arizona or non Oregon, Washington PAC 12, or you come and join the big 12, but why would we make you a full member? We don't have to right now. No, I think that in the end you probably want to just to make everything fair and you know, make sure you don't have programs kind of off the back foot already. Uh, Like Oregon, you know, or excuse me, like Arizona state, um, uh, you know, Arizona, uh, uh, Utah and Colorado. But um, that's something that could happen. You lose a little bit of your leverage. All right. uh, Quick word our sponsors. The FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. You guys can bet on football, basketball, baseball, and opening day. You guys can bet on – well, it's opening weekend, I guess you'd say. Bet on all that there at uh, at FanDuel.com. You can bet on horse racing. We have the Arkansas Derby coming up this weekend, big-time stuff. You guys can wager on that. I know I will at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. You guys can get uh, up to – I think it's uh, $1,000 back on your first bet if it does not hit at FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Make every moment matter more at the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, guys. So I was thinking about Football Friday. This is our first real Football Friday because what we've been doing is we've been talking about the NCAA tournament. Big 12, financially, uh, a good one. A good NCAA tournament. Results, not where we wanted to be. But I think the one thing, the one conversation I wanted to prime all of you all for is... Next week, we're going to dive into this, talking about the current list of Big 12 coaches, kind of where everybody is as they head into next year, because we have a group of four coaches. Scott Satterfield, who is new at Cincinnati. Dana Holgerson, who is not new at Houston. Uh, we have Kalani Sataki, who is not new at B, uh, BYU. And we have Gus Malzahn, who is not new at um, at UCF. There is... Although they're in their first year there, you know, I think about those coaches, Satterfield year one, not much pressure. Gus Malzahn's in year three, they got to adjust some, but that's cool. It's cool. It wants to win. They want to win games for sure. They're used to winning a lot of games. Houston, they famously had the major Applewhite thing. Like, you know, we don't, you know, we don't go eight and four, whatever it is. We get fired. We go eight and four. I forgot what he said, but um, you know, you have had a coach and Daniel Holgerson who's not been as successful as they would like him to be. And because of that, I think there is some heat, but also at the same time, because he's been in the Big 12 before and had some, you know, pretty good success, you'd like, you like the fact that he's the one leading you there. Right. And then you've got the host of Big 12 coaches that we have this year, Dave Aranda, who had one bad year, one great year, and then one, you know, kind of lower down years, when it's whipping right now. Um, you know, that's that's where you are with that. You have Iowa State, Matt Campbell, down year, but that's a ton of success that program. Lance Leipold did a great job last year. Chris Kleiman coming off a great season. Brent Venables, hot seat candidate, but he's not going to be in the conference much longer. Sark, hot seat candidate, not having the conference much longer. Mike Gundy, some, some anxiety, I guess, about how he's handling things, but we'll see. Made a bunch of big changes. Things usually work out for him. And Joey McGuire, who's got some momentum. Neil Brown, like – I guess he's coaching this year, so a chance to save his job, which I really want to dive into this. I guess he's got a chance to save his job, but it feels like dead man walking. One year for Ren Baker to kind of put his stamp on this, and obviously he missed uh, Sonny Dykes at TCU. So there are so many coaches in different situations, as there are with most conferences. But this conference is different because they're adding four teams. They've got two that are on the way out, and I think a big question is, you know, I think Brent Venables is going to get some time, but you know, you're asking. Are, can BV go six and six again, seven and five again? I think it was six and seven last year. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, like, are those two coaches going to survive the Big 12? Fascinating storyline. Fascinating that those two massive brands might be making a massive switch heading into a new conference. The first thing those coaches have to do before, you know, before they worry about the SEC is surviving the Big 12. And look, I think a lot of folks are going to like those two schools' chances to potentially go to the Big 12 championship game in 2023 because of the amount of talent that they have and what they're returning. But a lot of the fan bases for those two schools would say, hey, yeah, we're not as pleased as we'd like to be with what's happening here. It's definitely true at Texas and OU, of course, they weren't pleased with six and seven. So can those coaches survive the, the Big 12? Uh, you've got the transitioning coaches, like I mentioned, the four new guys coming into the league. You've got the upstarts in Lance Leipold and uh, also Joey Maguire, who did great jobs, you know, not their year ones, obviously, both year ones for them. First year for Joey McGuire, second year for Lance Leipold, but did a fantastic job in kind of the building from year one to year two in terms of year one, how the team look competitive wise. They were getting blown out in fourth quarters in his first year, second year, or at the end of the year, rather, they were competing in those games. Second year, they go to a freaking bowl game. Shout out Kansas. Good job. Uh, you know, it's it's fantastic. And then you got the guys in the middle. The guys were kind of squinting at, not, not saying, you know, oh, my God, what's going on here? Um, but Matt Campbell, you know, you're saying, huh, uh, down here. Let's see what happens next year. Mike Gundy, you're like, huh? Like, what is like who is defensive coordinator? Spencer Sanders' thing was super weird. Had a really odd season last year. So you're kind of, you know, thinking of it, scratching your head there. Dave Aranda, I guess maybe put him in the huh crowd, but, like, I actually have a lot of confidence to get that thing figured out. Maybe he's in the huh crowd as well. And then you've got the coaches who are, you know, building the uh, coaches towards the top, Chris Kleiman and Sonny Dykes, who are now in the place that a Matt Campbell has been before, a place, uh, you know, that we saw Mike Gundy in previously, that we saw, uh, you know, Dave Rannon previously. All right, this this conference had a lot of cycling up top. Now your goal is can you keep that team towards the top? That is the the massive massive task in a conference that has seen a ton of turnover in terms of who is playing in a championship game in the last three years. What an interesting cocktail of coaches that the big 12 has heading into 2023. I think we're going to use that term moving forward, but that is where the dynamics are. It's going to be fascinating to break this down in the coming weeks and months. And then once we hit the season, but the lead up kind of the pressures where everybody sees themselves, who is vulnerable, who is not, who who needs what this year, we're going to break down all of that and at least really start discussing the coaching angle on all of this next week. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you all by Built Bar. You guys can go to built.com today. That is built.com. A chance to vote on their uh, built bracket, builtmarchmadness.com to vote on that. You guys can go vote for your favorites. Uh, the built bars, the built puffs are both on there as well. And you have got a chance. To win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly, straight to your door. You gotta try Built Guy's best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're great. They're great for you. Uh go check it out. Builtmarchmadness.com today. All right, that will do it for the show this week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at L O Big12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Follow the show uh, or uh, find the show wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. And subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate it when you guys do. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.